Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And you've got to give us that five-star review, like, like right now. And as always, make sure you read the scoring criteria because that's what we're going to talk about. I don't want to get started uh, just yet because I'm waiting for them to give us the five-star review. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, we gave them extra music to do it, too. Give, give them another minute. I'm, I'm, you guys have time. You can go get that, that five-star review in. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, obviously, coming off a big event. Um, not, not crazy judging stuff. We've got seven rounds, uh, contested no. rounds ahead of us. But MMA feels fun again. Why is that? Because John Jones is involved. MMA is just better when I'm involved. I, I don't and know. I think fun is like the... So I don't know if I would say fun. I would say more interesting. I don't know. I had a great time. I mean, I had a great time watching I was, the fight. But I like... was working, and I was like, I better get out of here soon. I got to get out of here soon. <laughs> and I was, I'm never like that for any other card. Uh-huh. John Jones is must-see TV. John Jones, I feel like, is still like kind of a, a thread to a time that was more fun to be an MMA fan. Maybe. That's, that's kind of what I would chalk that up to if I'm looking on the outside, which I am. Okay. You know, because there's just, who's left from there? You know, that's, that's, I mean, obviously there's guys, but I mean, who's still at the top? It's really just John. John Jones, BJ Penn, GSP. Yeah, those guys don't fight anymore. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, for, I forgot, yeah, I forgot to remind you of that. Yeah, definitely a more fun time back then. I think so, too. I think there's a lot of nostalgia for for fans who've been for fans who've been around long enough. I mean, obviously you have like your times and your periods and everything, but like I still feel like, and I I think I've talked to people who have been around even longer than me as far as watching the sport and everything like that. And a lot of them really will point to um, that kind of late aughts into the early 2010s. Yeah, as like a real interesting, fascinating time where like everything had kind of congealed together the, the ufc was massive it had most of the big players but there were still other promotions that had some interesting fighters and fights going on yeah it's kind of like the attitude era of mma <laughs> maybe a little bit i don't know <laughs> i like that though uh but yeah as far as john jones you know i guess the question that i have for you is and this is, this is something that's kind of been bubbling in my head for a long time, really, with him. Basically, ever since he said he's got to bulk up, or and the idea that he's had to bulk up, which predates him actually doing it. He always said he wanted to like get bigger, right? Do you think he even needed the extra, what was it, 25 pounds uh, ended up being, I think, from what he typically would fight at? Did he think? Did he really need the extra bulk to beat Cyril Gaon? Not to beat Gaon, but I do think he needed to bulk up for heavy. I think it's other contenders that he has to be bigger for. I think he probably... Maybe foresaw Francis would would still be around. That guy's massive. Curtis Blades, sure, very good wrestler, big guy. Even if John has good wrestling too, you don't want to be the undersized guy in that. So yeah, to beat Gone, I don't think so. But other guys, I do. See, I don't know what he was actually walking around at. Right? I know from uh, data from California State Athletic Commission that he did weigh in on fight night when he fought Gus uh, Gustafson the second time. He weighed in on fight night at two twenty two and a half. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, not just a straight 205-er. I'd heard he'd gotten a little lower. I think it was DC was talking about he got lower as like 215 or something like that at some point. But I bet you he could walk around like if he wasn't trying to diet down and, and then cut weight. I bet you he'd probably walk around the 230-pound range. We've had champions fight at 230 in the last 12 years. I don't think he would have been distinctly smaller than Cain Velasquez. Back in the, in the day, I don't think Junior Dos Santos would have been smaller. He obviously beat DC already. Would he have been at a disadvantage at heavyweight? I I don't really think so. DC was the champion for a while. I don't know. Could be a mental thing, what his coaches are telling him he needs to do. Who knows? Maybe three years away, let the body recover, too. Sure, sure. I mean, there's that, I guess. But I, I guess I just look at this fight, and obviously you agree. Cyril gone. It's not like he needed. He could have walked in at two oh five the same way he was. I think he would have been able to still run through Cyril gone. Yeah, John Jones is an animal. He is. He is. And it's nice to see him actually fighting to his strengths again. If he does that, yeah. there's no reason he should even look as pedestrian as Telling he did you, those last few fights at light heavyweight. He was bored. He probably was. He probably was. But like, I don't know. I I still wonder if maybe things would have started to catch up to him a little bit more at two hundred five pounds. 
Well, you play with fire long enough, it's going to burn you. Is that so, right? Yeah. So 12 years? Yeah. Granted, several of those no years one, were no one, no without one fights for John. <laughs> yeah, no one really excited him. I guess. He I seems guess. very excited to fight Steve Bay. He does. But like he, he made a comment in the press conference. It was something to the effect, it, it, it at least made it sound like. Yeah, I saw. He's I know, not yeah. sticking around forever. I didn't. I didn't take it as that. You don't think so? Okay. No, I took it as I'm gonna be here for a while. Okay. I have at least one. Okay. Probably ten to fifteen more. I have at least one, rather than I have at least one. Yeah, I, I, right. it was more of a. I think Stepe probably got at least one, mm-hmm. and if he wins, he's out the door. I see. Well, we'll see. I guess it's gonna be up to keeping him happy with. Contracts I mean, he signed an eight fight like contract. Yeah. So I. He'll be around. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe he just stops fighting. There's a lot of guys who have contracts that are still mm. lengthy and they just don't fight anymore. I don't think maybe so. He's, maybe he gets yeah, uh, he's satisfied. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, he did transform his body, so it would be weird if he only fought like two times. Plans. He plans. He wants to go lower. He wants to get be a lean... 240, 235. Yeah, so. I, I feel I feel like that's where he should be better anyway. Like, uh, 248 sounded too big. He said he got up, or Joe Rogan said he got up to at least 267 and didn't like the way he felt at that weight. Yeah. So he had to come bring it back down. He must have been really fat at 267. <laughs> yeah, he probably was. <laughs> uh, and he's still the little brother next to his other he, brothers. Yeah. He's still smaller than them. Oh yeah. man, what do you want? They're that NFL, NFL defensive linemen slash linebackers. NFL diet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Obviously, we probably could talk all day about John Jones, but there's a few other topics I want to get to before we get into the rounds, and and it is a big show, so we've got to obviously touch on the big upset. I mean, one of the biggest upsets in UFC history and MMA history. Uh, Alexa Grasso tapping out really? Valentina Shevchenko. It's not like Alexa Grasso was known as a finisher. I think this is her second finish in the UFC. They're both submissions, but she's really more known for her striking than anything. She's got she's kind of got all the weapons, you know. And we saw that on display, mm-hmm. but no no reasonable person was like, yeah, Alexa Grasso is probably going to submit her. No, I counted around. I was already on to either the trilogy with Nunes or or Aaron Blanchfield. I counted her out too. So. I absolutely did. I'll own that, and I I don't think we're alone. I think most people. Looked at this fight and looked past this fight because it was like, okay, Alexa Gross is next, whatever. You know, no offense to her. And obviously she proved it wrong anyway, so it doesn't matter what we think. Um, the crazy thing for me, too, is that obviously she won that first round. And mm-hmm. everyone thought she won the first round. I, that defied expectancy bias, right? Like, I, you know, we've seen it that was, before with, with yeah. uh, especially with Valentina Shevchenko. We saw that in the Tyler Santos fight where I think a lot of people thought they were going to get one thing out of it, but it didn't. And... That's why they're like, oh, Tyler Santos almost won. It was definitely a sign that Shevchenko may not be as sharp as she once was, or at least maybe the matchup wasn't as good for some reason or another. Who knows? But it, it was a little bit of foreshadowing. But then again, in this fight, I mean, Shevchenko was starting to at least get it together a little bit. She won the next two rounds. I think it was probably a close-ish round, but I was I would have been leaning her way before she missed that spin kick that that obviously led to the led to her downfall. Mm-hmm. Did you see it, it that was, way too? How, where were I, you? In that I round? had. I thought Shevchenko figured it out and was. But in was that particular gonna... round, I mean, did you did you think it was definitely a clear uh, Shevchenko round by that point? I thought. I think I was ready to write it for her, and then you know she misses that that spin kick, gets her back taken. I'm like, oh, oh. Obviously, we go. then you go the other way. But yeah, no, I um, I thought it was a close enough round. I probably was going to go. It was Shevchenko, competitive but for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so, and and I think the whole fight was relatively competitive too. You never thought. Alexa Grasso is just like getting tagged, getting you know beat up, that kind of thing, which we've seen from Valentina Shevchenko on poor challengers in the past, right? Yeah, well, I, that I, wasn't happening here. I kind of felt after the first round when Shevchenko felt there and said, "Oh," and she, you know, she pivoted, started going for the wrestling, and said, "Let me, let me get out of here with a W mm-hmm. and any, you know, any way I can." And I thought she was probably going to do that, and then you know, she goes to that a lot though. Like that, that's that's something she goes to frequently even against overmatched opponents i think she just knows it's something that she's got in her pocket and she can use pretty well mm. and, and obviously she did for a while she she really just made a mistake in this fight and that's not to excuse the loss or or try to denigrate alexa grasso's accomplishment she capitalized on a window very quickly and very uh, effectively obviously mm-hmm. uh the question i would have for you is i want you to handicap it's another question but i want you to handicap the odds of alexa grasso winning what we can only assume is an immediate rematch with Valentina Shevchenko. Well, it has to be an immediate rematch. It, it clears everything up, actually, uh, Valentina losing. Yep. Because now you can do Fior versus Blanchfield. 
but you also don't know what the and heck then, you're going to do at Bantamweight. Um, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, uh, just, it creates a new problem there. Yeah. Um, I would go, she was, what, my, uh, plus 600 disco? I would go plus three. Just because she's been in there, so she has some experience fighting her. She, she, you know, she's going to make adjustments. I just don't, I expect Shevchenko to not get caught like that. Obviously, big props to Grasso for being opportune, seeing the back and taking it and choking her. I don't f- think Shevchenko finds herself doing that again. She'll, she'll correct that. She won't do that particular thing again, absolutely. I think she'll, to, to quote Joe Rogan, mind her P's and Q's a little better. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's, and I'm not a handicapper either, so like take it for what it is. But I feel like it's much closer to like plus 200. Well, here, here's here's my, my reasoning. It's She didn't take the back. She didn't get a takedown. No, no. Move to the back. Shevchenko exposed it to her, and she just jumped on it. She yeah. saw it and jumped on it. I'm, my my I, thinking has less to do with, so, the, with the way she got the finish or, or anything like that. It's more that I think she actually has some capable weapons in her hands and, 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 and feet and everything like that. I think she can at least hold her own up there. Yeah. You know? She will have to shore up that wrestling and be a lot better at it. So maybe that's, you know, I mean, that's look, I'm not – when I say plus 200 – we're not Still talking about someone ball, that I yeah. think is gonna win, you know. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I feel like it should be closer to that. But I mean, you know, we're not talking about this because we're betting it. It's more just kind of to say, hey, how much do we think she's in in the in the mix to be able to win it again, right? To d- duplicate the feat. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe it's a Juliana Pena situation with the the second fight with Nunez. But that's why I feel where... like, that's why I feel it's different though. You you finished the thought, but like maybe Shevchenko just comes out here and just annihilates her she sure might but again that first fight we saw a first round in which amanda nunez right, looked yeah. pretty good it was really just like a three minute window in that first fight where mm-hmm. nunez just didn't look like herself for one reason or another whether it was her getting tired whether it was pena actually just doing her, her damn job right mm-hmm. or vice, you know somewhere in the middle but I never thought that that was like representative of Amanda Nunez or where she was or anything like that. That that's more seemed, fluky then. Not, not fluky. It just it felt like something that less repeatable. I guess okay. uh, maybe that's the definition of a fluke. Right. I don't know. But this one it felt more competitive. I guess in this fight. All right. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I I would probably feel pretty good about Valentina Shevchenko being able to get the belt back. But you never know. Hey, she proved me wrong before, right? Mm-hmm. Can't cut her out. Um, definitely not. Shavkat Rachmanov. I want to move on to him. Because I'm always interested in talking about this dude. I like that Rogan kind of pointed out he's got the the words he used were weird, but he he described him as kind of like the smart fight fans like favorite. I forget what how he described him. He was talking about like the the ones who really don't care about. His point was the people who don't care about the the BS trash talk and all that kind of thing, and they just want the skilled fighters. He was talking about someone like me because I I am more like that, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, the ones he, who don't he, like no fun. I like fun. The no fun having. He's fun. It was a great picture talk of him. Talk yourself into Chael, uh, title shots like Chael Sonnen. Oh, uh, Chael's fun. You know I talked to Chael last week, right? I didn't know that. I, I had, I had, uh, I, he had coffee uh, with me, and I, I just had water. But, yeah, it was like a 30-minute interview last week in the city. You should have brought him over. No. He could have been a guest on the show. It was literally, like, right before he went over to be on Ariel's show. Ah. Yeah. We could have went on Ariel's show. When? With Chael. Probably not. I think Chael wants to have the show to himself. Well, we could have been his entourage. I'd prefer not to be. Oh, I would. I would be Chael's entourage. I mean, I could. I can reach out to Ariel. I know how to talk to Ariel, but I don't. I don't think it's going to work out oh, being on a right. show. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lobby for that. But back to Shavkat. He looked tremendous. He's definitely passed some tests there, though, too, because you saw him actually have to kind of battle a little bit, right? He took some shots. Mm-hmm. Jeff Neal has some some heavy hands there. So. Yeah, yeah, that was. I think that was like a fight he needed to go through at this level and, and, you know, say to yourself, okay, how can I go through it? But also for us to be able to identify what he is, like once he's not the nail, how does he, or once he's not the hammer, how does he do as the nail? And and he weathered it pretty well. He did. He won, I, he won every round up until the third when he got the finish and he was probably going to win that round mm-hmm. anyway. I'm, I'm curious to see what he does against uh, someone who's just not going to just stand there and let him return and smash him back. Well, who uh, would that be? I don't know. Who, uh, who, who do you? Who would you want to give him next? Because it's at this point you got to move him a lot higher. This was a big spot. He looked really great. So I think he starts to get into that small conversation. Any any of the top three or top four? I'd, if you go you go Colby, I'm cool with that. I would really like to see him and Hamza just battle it out. 
But is Hamzad so even going to fight guy. at 170 again? Like I, I oh, almost yeah, look at him as not. just an 85er at this okay. point. Unless he, can, unless he gets down and they book him for a welterweight again, I, I'm kind of just treating it as, okay, he's an 85 I mean, right Have now. they even booked Bilal Muhammad yet or Gilbert uh, Burns? I don't believe – wait, Gilbert Burns I think has a fight. I can't remember who it's against, but I don't think Bilal does. I think he's kind of odd man out. But so is Colby. And, I mean, I think, I think somebody suggested it or Dana was commenting on it uh, heard, after yeah. the fights. I don't remember how it came up, but that sounded like a fun fight, I guess, to him. And I would say – Putting Shavkat Rachmanov in front of Colby Covington does sound like a fun watch. Okay, okay so yeah, so it's Burns and Masvidal okay. scheduled for April 8th. I mean, that matchup just makes zero sense. <laughs> uh, sorry I looked that up because that just upset me. I'm sorry um, for you. Anyway. Nothing from Malal, though? Did you, did you look him up to? Uh, but, I mean, the point the point I'm making is that I would enjoy uh, the chance for Shavkat to put his hands in and try his wrestling on Colby yeah. Covington. Could go well, could not. I think Colby's very good. I just don't think Colby hits hard enough. And I think he's going to get hit. And it's not like Masvidal where he's just going to get taken down at will. Shavkat, I think, is more He's more, more competent. He should be, he there, should be so. extremely more conf- competent. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, I mean, we've seen Colby get taken down. I don't see any reason why Shavkat couldn't take him down, too. Mm, I don't know. Colby's, Colby's different. Who, who, take, who took him down? Usman? Usman. That's Usman, though. Yeah, that's I understand not, that. I mean, that's not Shavkat. Do you look at Shavkat as a future champion? I look at him as a future contender, for sure. I look at him as a future champion. I don't champion. know. I, I think I, he's going to be... I mean, he's going to have that belt one day. See, yeah, maybe he, maybe one day he will, but I don't know who he's going to take it from. When I was watching that fight with Jeff Neal, I said, would would Leon Edwards still be there to get smashed in the face back? I don't, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. Would, would he have been able so, to get him down? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. So, yeah, I think Leon Edwards would be a really tough test if he does get that, that shot. Yeah, I, I would agree. We'll see. Granted, we'll see granted, up. Leon gets past Kamara. Kamara will be a very tough, tough fight for for uh, Rachmanov as well, well. Well, let's put it this way: if if let's let's just work with the argument that it's it's going to be against Colby Covington, Shavkat and Colby, right? Mm-hmm. It's already been put out there in the world. That's that can that sometimes just makes things greases the wheels anyway, right? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Colby could be more discerning. It seems like he's. Not been in a rush to fight ever since. Uh, well, he, had, he got some steak one night and it didn't go as well as he'd hoped. What happens when you get sucker punched? Yeah. Brain got to recover. Yeah. You also got to so. ham it up for the lawsuit. That's true. So. I'm pretty sure that's a lot of what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just observationally, it kind of looks that way. Um, but let's let's say he gets that fight, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say he wins that fight. Title shot? Of course. All right. Yeah. Okay. Kobe's. No matter who's in the mix, or would you say? I mean, somebody should get precedence, or is he? Is this a stepping stone that leapfrogs him? He beats Colby. He gets the next shot. Okay. Um, Colby's the stepping stone to the title for for a minute. I think. Okay. All right. That sounds fair. You have any other ideas, or you, you kind of stick with that one too? Um. Did, did as you get far an answer as Bilal, by the way? I know. Yeah. He's not scheduled. He's not uh, scheduled to fight anyone. Do you like so. Bilal and and Shavkat next, or? I do, just because I would I would be curious to see how Bilal game plan that because I think he's he's a very good good game planner. He is, but a lot of so. his recent success has come because of what he's been able to do getting the fight to the floor. And if he can't do that, yeah, I wonder what we have in store. It's not like Shavkat's some sort of like expert striker, but he just hits hard. He hits hard, and as we've seen, he does get hit too. Yeah, so that's true. We'll see. But I, I, I like a lot of the options there. And I, I really, like I said, I have very high expectations out of Shavkat Rachmanov. I think he's the future at 170. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that we're going to be looking at him having a real good run for a while. But I liked what I saw out of him. And I and I like that he you know, he got tested. Well, honestly, when I first saw Shavkat, I said, just, just, do, just do Hamza and Shavkat right now for the belt. Mm-hmm. Don't even wait. This was before they were both even ranked in the top, yeah. <laughs> top 10. So... Another guy everybody's high on though is Bo Nickel, who had um, his. He's UFC one of my guys. Game. Yeah, he's one of your guys. He okay. is. He's on Team Urban. Okay. Or I'm on Team Nickel, whatever. Yeah, I, th- I don't so, think he's on your team. He doesn't know who you are. I would draft him. Okay. To my team. That's okay. So one day we'll do a draft. That'd be fun. I, I honestly at 185, I think you can throw him in there against anybody, and he has a shot. So, so I, I was having a funny conversation, or not a funny conversation, but I was having a conversation with my coworker. He was asking about Bo Nickel. And the weird thing about Bo Nickel is I feel like you could put him in there tomorrow with Alex Pereira and he could win like he mm-hmm. you reasonably and, and totally viably without some sort of weirdness. He could go in there and he could win that fight. But mm-hmm. I think along the way, if you were to rush him to that point, 
there are a lot of people who stand in the way of him getting there that actually would be a problem. Here's the people. Because he is a prospect. Here's the people I think would give him a little bit of trouble. Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Whitaker. Yeah. Cannoneer. Probably. And uh, Brunson. I think Brunson would, would be a problem for him. Brunson coming off the loss even. Yeah. Not, just what about, because. What just about cause the, Duplessis? Just because the good the good wrestling. What about, what about uh, Duplessis? Oh, eh. No, I think he think Bo has a, a shot there. See, I think Bo has a better chance of being Israel than he does Derek Brunson. Okay. That's that's where I'm at. That's interesting. That's an interesting take. But but I think the question I would have for Until you, he shores up his striking, then he's just going to be awesome everywhere. Yeah, I don't know what his striking really is at this he point. Has super, we don't, we super, don't really know what super it is. Strong, uh, super heavy power in his right. I think he's got a knockout. But also that's against some guy. Yeah, no one using those. There's different so. power. Like obviously, you know, if you look at anybody, they've got knockouts on their records, like in the early stages. But they get to UFC and it's decision, decision, decision. You know, I'm not saying that's what he'd be, but I, I kind of look at those early returns and I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's see it at the higher level. And yeah. I really hope that they actually bring him along as a prospect. That's what I want them to do. I, I know. I, I, I want him. Well, I know you do. Fight. I know you, you want to have some fun. I know. I know. He's your guy. But I. I feel like watching him, and maybe this is a hot take, I don't know. He really impressed me, but also I, I, I felt like he made enough mistakes in there that like a prospect would be making, like little stuff, right? Such as? Well, he kind of need Pickett in the, in the nuts on the way there. Oh, no, whatever. No? Okay. Well, that's your, I, he's, he's your guy, I forgot. Whatever. No, it's, not, it's low blow was missed. Instant replay probably should have caught it. But was that actually the finishing sequence of the fight? I don't think I'm so. Not, I'm not saying like, it. No, but that's no, no, what I'm people not saying are it. saying. Yeah, I'm not going down that road, actually. I'm not going as far as that. But I'm saying there, there's enough mistakes. And, like, he obviously he had that choke, right? He had the choke. Right. And everyone's like, oh, it's finished. It's finished. And then, like, you see him. He doesn't really have it. Like, he's got to adjust. He does adjust. Well, he makes the adjustments. I give him credit. Yeah. You give him all that credit in the world, right? But I feel like Jamie Pickett wasn't in there to stop the takedown and, and, and stop the grappling, like. He kind of just was a tailor-made matchup. Well, yeah. So let's see him against some other prospects along the way who can actually do something to stop. Like, Shavkat had to pass a test in this card. Right. I think he should have to pass some tests. Yeah, I want to see that. Well, Roman Delize. You want to put him that high already? Yeah. Okay. Let's go there. I, I disagree. Uh, you Brendan want, you Allen. You obviously want to rush Brendan him. Brendan Allen off a win. A big win for Brendan Allen. That's very bold. I don't love that one. Go really that don't. one. Kelvin Gastelum. Is he still hurt? I don't know. Chris Curtis. Just anybody. I don't even care. He doesn't have to be ranked. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I just want him to be treated a little more like a pro. It just doesn't have to be forever. But, like, maybe get the maybe get 2022 under, or 2023, excuse me, under his belt. And let's see where we're at. Just get him some more. Get him in there quickly, though. Give him, like, four or five fights. Six fights. I mean, sure. But, you know, that's not going to happen. I'll settle for five. <laughs> I feel like you should. If you get four, you should be ecstatic. I guess. Three more. Yeah. Three, six, nine, twelve. June. Seaman June. Seaman June. All right. Finish up in December and September. International Fight Week. Are you going? No. Oh, okay. No. I'll be there the week before. How'd you plan it that way? Well, that's when the World Series of Poker schedule is. Mm, so. Got you, got you. Well, that was it for the main topics. I did want to touch, of course, real quick before we get into contested rounds on the unanimous rounds, which mm-hmm. we had twenty one out of twenty eight. Busy night for the judges, fourteen fights. Um, 15 if you count Jake Gyllenhaal getting the win over Jay Heron. Jake Gyllenhaal. He, got, he must have got DQ'd, actually. Oh, that's right. He had to get DQ'd. Yeah, that. I yeah. saw that. Yeah, that was so, rough. I mean, he probably should be banned from the UFC forever. Pushing Chris Tognoni all over the place. Yeah, honestly, he probably should just go back and like be banished from the UFC. And I don't know, maybe he has to work as a bouncer, right? I heard that, yeah. Yeah. And then there's another guy in that movie, too. I don't know. He's an Irish fella. Connor. Ian, Ian Gary? <laughs> he had a good finish Gary. Too. Yeah, he looked good. He yeah. really did. Um, that was nice too. Cause I, real quick on Ian Carey, I I thought he would be a like a really interesting prospect at 170. I I see I see his limits now. We've seen him a bunch, but I think he needed to get this finish to to kind of get over this. Like, okay, I'm now I'm just winning decisions. Like, I'm finding that I can't get past this level of competition to actually put them away. And I think that's what you need to do to be able to really move up the ladder. Yeah, you got to get finishes. Yeah, I think you you do. It, if you get up there and you're winning decisions. It's very hard to win the championship unless you're like an elite wrestler, which but he I, obviously is not. I also thought some of those fights going to decision were by design. 
Maybe, maybe just not. Just to get that cage time. But I don't maybe think that could, that could I don't just think be that what was the case this time. No, not this. Now we got the finish. Yeah, but but obviously it took yeah. a very long time. Yeah. But the point being, he chased it down. He was able to make it happen even yeah. late in the fight. So I thought that was a really good good thing for him, and that should definitely give a boost to his, um, I guess, rise, right? For sure. But, yeah, I, again, I still see limits. But, again, 21 out of 28 rounds unanimous. 75%. That's a good number. A little, mm-hmm. bit, little bit higher than... Uh, than is the typical average, right? Mm-hmm. 70, 71. Uh, two of those were eight, nine splits too. So, very, you know, there's only five times where they disagreed on the round winner. And we'll talk about, uh, well, why don't we get three of them out of the way yeah, in we'll one three fight? Yeah. <laughs> Let's start a contested rounds with Matush Gamrot against Jalen Turner. A split decision with varied scores all over the place, 30-27, 29-28, and then 29-28 the other way for Jalen Turner. Jaylen, I believe it was uh, John Anik during the fight said you know we tough to judge this one probably the scores could be you know might be all over the place and he was obviously right yeah um but expected too <laughs> reasonably so for sure so let's start with round one dan what happened here? well yeah both guys were doing pretty good on the feed here i think turner was landing heavier and better uh and i thought he was landing a bit more at least to the head uh gamrock gets the takedown but once he's on the ground he doesn't really do anything with it uh turner gets back to the feet Lands a couple big shots. I thought that seemed to stumble Gamrot a little bit. And uh, he shot after these t- after these shots for the takedown. I think it's very close, but I do think Turner was the more effective fighter. So 10-9 Turner. I also went for Turner here. I think, I think yeah, you're talking about what's the effect on, on trying to get to the, you know, the finish. Like, mm-hmm. work your way toward a finish and what effect was, was put on your opponent. And I do feel like I can make a better case personally for... Jalen Turner here. Yeah, I, I do too. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, while we disagreed with David Letheby and Ron McCarthy, who saw this win for Gamrot, we saw it the same way as Derek Cleary. And well, what does that mean for Judge Cleary? Couch that over. <laughs> that will be in the mail, working its way down to Georgia. <laughs> Round two, sir. I thought Turner was looking really good on the feet here. He cracked him with a, a couple good ones. Uh, Gamrot did keep it decently close on the feet, but and, and he eventually shoots for the takedown. Uh, I thought he landed some good shots from the crucifix position, and, and that's really what, what swayed it for me. Uh, 10-9 Gamrot. Likewise. I think I wanted to give more weight to what was happening on the feet, but ultimately you couldn't. I think the the fact that he got that crucifix and was able to land pretty well mm-hmm. very late like that, I, 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 it swayed me. I went over that way. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel comfortable with that one. Yeah, me too. I think this, is, I think this for me, was Gamrot's best round. Okay. Disagree? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I really had an opinion on that. All right, fair enough. Um, so obviously, you and I saw it the same way. Gamrot, Derek Cleary saw it this way. Ron McCarthy saw it this way. It was David Letheby who was the dissenter, seeing it for Jalen Turner. But I mean, I get it. Hey, I, I kind of would have gone that way, except for the end there. Okay, round three. I think this one's decently close uh, on the feet, as as Turner is landing a little better. But you know, it's Gamrot. You know, that's beating up Turner against the fence. You know, a couple storyly knees were mixed in, uh, but I do think he did did really well in this clinch position. Turner does get a solid left in the mix that somewhat wobbled Gamrot, but on the whole, I do think Gamrot's offense was better. Ten nine Gamrot. No, I went the other way here. I actually did see this one as a uh, as a Turner round. I thought the fact that he was able to wobble him a little bit more, I thought that was the more effective element of this round. Okay. Um, close rounds all. I I think is it's. Yeah, tough round, tough fights to score. There's no way you're looking at this, uh, any of this fight really, and saying, okay, there's, and I, I think part of it is it's not just that it's close. I think there's like there's interesting arguments to be made for both cases, right? Mm-hmm. I, you, we tended to agree on this one. We obviously disagreed on this round, but and I think this was just a close round. I think round two in particular was one where it was like, okay, there's an interesting argument to be made the other way. I'm not making it, but I, I could see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I saw this one for Turner. I'm split from you here. I'm with David Letheby on this one. You're with uh, Judges Cleary and McCarthy. So, as it turns out, I ended up with a different scorecard than any of the judges. So, mine was 29-28 Turner, but because of rounds one and three. No one did that. You, sir, had the same card as Derek Cleary. All right. Mm-hmm. And Cleary ride. You ride together? Yeah. Okay. But... Yeah, I mean this this is just one of those tough fights that I think Jalen Turner looked good. It definitely showed that he's got to shore up that 
takedown defense a little bit more. I think if he if he just stays off his back a little bit better, he should right. win this fight. Like, and it, and it really shouldn't be that hard to give it to him in that point. But mm-hmm. he wasn't able to do that. You know, tough to get to that crucifix position, of course. And he did get out of it a little bit at one mm-hmm. point, but and, and earlier in the fight. But yeah, ultimately, you just can't lie yourself to get there and stay there. Mm-hmm. Such a such a dominant position. I, I feel <laughs> like that. More fighters should work, like, obviously it's easier said than done, but I think there's a lot more fighters who would benefit from saying, okay, let's get to the crucifix and just pound. Yeah, I want to say when 10 years ago that was, like, our goal. It was called the lazy boy position where we're cross-side and then you you get the underhook on the arm Mm. and then you put your hand behind your head like you're laying down on a lazy boy and then you trap the other arm and then you just go to work with elbows. Valentina Shevchenko was actually very good in that position. And I I was surprised in this fight, too, in her fight with uh, Alexa Grasso. She got the position, but only briefly. Grasso was able to get out. She Yeah, she. I kind of thought she was going to get smashed there. I did, But then she got out. No, that's what I'm saying. That that was really impressive to do that against her. Like, that showed showed some real grit. Was she the one that kept pulling the arm through in in, in a previous fight? Shevchenko? I, I know I know there was a crucifix a female fight, crucifix uh position where oh no, that was Blanchfield just kept pulling uh yeah. pulling Molly McCann. Yes, Molly through. McCann, okay. yeah. She yeah, did that in it. that fight. Yeah. yeah. That was a real good uh she gets that position is, is important yeah. and I think that's mm-hmm. gonna be a key to she probably watched uh Valentina Shevchenko and, and yeah. realized its effectiveness, you know? Just smash from there. It's a great it's a great spot. I would like to see more fighters do that. But again, it's easier said than done and, and not everybody can get it, not everybody can hold it either. You know, John Jones will do it. John Jones should do it more. I've always thought John Jones should just get every fight to the floor. Like he just—I know he can strike to a degree. He's a solid striker. Yeah, he's not like a gifted striker. Mm-hmm. He's good, but he would just have. I think he would have gotten Thiago Santos out of there quick if he tried to do that. I think he would have gotten. The guy had no ACLs. Yeah. Like he could have took him down like two seconds. I think he'd have done it anyway. Even even without the torn ACLs, he should have been able to do it anyway. Um. I think it would have worked on him. I think it would have worked on uh, Dominic Reyes. Mm-hmm. There's a decent chance he probably could have made it happen against uh, Anthony Leonhardt Smith as well. Doesn't take the easy road all the time. Everyone, when everyone talks about how he's got this amazing fight IQ, and I'm like, are you sure? Because this is not the same fighter that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a fighter who should do something different. Like I said, he's bored. I understand. Anyway, I've heard a lot of people talk about that fight IQ with him, and I, I it's definitely better than his you know normal life decision making IQ. I would say. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we we can we can leave John for another time. We've already talked to nauseam, I think, about John. But let's go to our next fight. Cameron Simon, right? Yeah, Simon. Uh, got the win over Ma- Mana Martinez. Majority decision: twenty nine, twenty six, twenty eight, twenty seven, and twenty eight, twenty eight. Just a very typical uh set of scores that we typically yeah. get from these fights. Normal, normal day. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's obviously a reason for that. Let's go to round one where we'll talk about uh, well, a couple things. Yeah. Uh, both guys, I thought they were landing pretty good. I think Simon keeps losing his footing and getting clipped. You know, this is the result of a leg kick. Simon did land some good shots of his own, especially towards the second half of the of the round. I think it's very close, but I think Martinez was more effective on the whole, wins the round, and unfortunately for Simon, like you're going to bring up, he goes down two points because of it, because of two fouls. Well, on the couple cards he does. Yeah, obviously we're well, split yet, here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have this one for Martinez too. I thought it was a it was a close one, and, and it's like one of those like you can kind of make two arguments for it, and it's like almost like which one do you like better? Because I think Mana, I think Mana overall is is hitting better, but also doing more damage. Right, he's he's leaving the the nose bloodied. Clearly, that's an issue. That's good damage. But so, also, yeah. I do think Simon, or excuse me, yeah, Simon was landing very well with a lot of his strikes, and I think he probably landed more often. I just didn't go that way. So when Martinez is landing, there's big, big uh, effect to it. I feel reactions like, and that kind of thing. Is yeah. So about? his the head is getting snapped back. Mm-hmm. He's falling down to one knee, which you know is due to that one leg kick that shut off the nerve. Yeah. Uh, and then you'd have moments like you're mentioning with with Simon when he's throwing a stiff stiff straight, and it's like, wow, that definitely landed hard. Sure. So very close round. I do think Martinez was better though. Yeah, I think so too. I feel I feel good about my score, but also if someone made a made the argument about Simon, I was like, oh, I totally get it. Like, it, I think they both just had like a yeah. decent round of their mm-hmm. own, um, save for obviously the point deduction. But yeah, you and I both saw it the same way as Sal D'Amato and Chris Lee. It was Adelaide Bird who saw this one for Simon. But again, that that makes a lot of sense to me. Works for me. 
very close. Let's talk a little more about the point deduction, though, because obviously this, this was the result of two nut shots. The first one looked like it was painful, too. Just kind of like got that off with the stern warning, the typical, yeah, you get you always get a free nut shot, mm -hmm. you know, which I feel like every fighter should just use. Just take it. Just why not? Bang. I mean, either either <laughs> enforce it, which is what I'd really prefer you do. Or you might as well do what you can within not just it's not the rules, but within the allowance of the fighters or the uh, the referees, because God forbid the referee, you know, insert themselves into the fight mm. by enforcing the rules that every fight is abided by. Um, obviously, I have giant criticism for that kind of overall practice, not not any one ref. But at the very least here, we do get the point deduction on the second one. This was Herm Dean, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Herb Dean takes the point. After the second one, this was this was another tough one, uh, a clear one. Not it doesn't matter if he meant to do it or not. He's just reckless. He's reckless with his weapons. Yeah. Well, Herb Dean, <clears throat> Herb Dean was like, need some water. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, watch that strike. You're, you're coming up a little high on it. Mm -hmm. And I two he's trying to help him there. Yeah. Two seconds later, he throws the same kick. <laughs> I know. And he's like, come on, I tried to help you. I got to take a point. <laughs> I know. Like, can't can't do nothing here. I feel like that's what referees are. They're they're like, hey man, don't make me be the bad guy. I don't mm -hmm. want to be the bad guy. Just yeah. just don't don't mess up again. And mm -hmm. then they mess up again. And they're like, oh, you're gonna make me do it, aren't you? <laughs> All right, fine. But it's so annoying. Like, it's the rule. Like you're there to enforce it. You know? Yeah. I I don't know. I I think if we enforce them all all the time. You just see it less. And the fighters who couldn't adjust, they would pay for it. I'm sorry. That's just the way it should be. Because I think Mana Martinez suffered as a result of this. I don't think... Because he was... I thought he looked even better through the first, like, three minutes of the fight before he gets that... Especially that second nut shot, I think. Mm -hmm. I thought he looked pretty good. And then it's kind of after that, he just didn't look the same. Is he going to win from that point if it doesn't happen? I don't know. Probably not. But we also don't know. How much that actually took away from him? Yeah, you don't know how much it diminished him, and that's why the point but, was taken. I, I applaud that much. Um, yeah, so I, I feel good about it at least happening. But it's like, come on, why? Why does it have to take two? It should be one. I guess. I mean, it's. I mean, you, you also can't take away an inside leg kick. It's a. It's a weapon. So land it better. If you land the second it, one, and, but, and granted, the second one. I'm sorry, uh, but it did. You know, they were talking about maybe he level change, right? That, that could be at least part of that. But it's damage. It's it's damage, but it's also it's I don't know. I find Lobos tough unless they're like that one we saw in Bellator, mm -hmm. like really bad. You know what's the, what's the worst so, low blow that you can think of from a fight? Joe San doing it intentionally, like UFC 11 or something. All right, like let's that. let's go <laughs> let's go to the era of rules. How about that? <laughs> let's it's say fun, the last 22 was, years or so. It was legal. It was it wasn't legal. Oh, it was, there was no rule against it. You just anytime you fouled, you got fined like a thousand dollars. Yeah. So it didn't go against actual fight record or something. <laughs> but in the era of rules, those I don't even know how the guy about that. Yeah, I don't know the guy's name, but he ate two hellacious low blows in Bellator not too long ago. And of recent memory, those that's the worst ones I can. I'm think not of. remembering which one you're talking about, but the one that I always think back to. This is going way back, and I think I remember it too. Chris Tuchshire. Do you remember him? Mm. He was a heavyweight training partner of uh, Brock Lesnar. Okay. And I want to say, as I, I, I'm forgetting who the opponent is. I remember him eating them more than I remember who gave them. Uh, I want to say it was Gabriel Gonzaga. Okay, maybe. And maybe he, like, he had to be like carried out of the ring or, or the cage or something like that, if I recall. I don't remember. That. I don't know. I'd have to look back. I'm not going to watch that fight again. That's torture porn. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that was the worst one that I can kind of think of. There's um, <laughs> just like nothing worse. Uh, but also, that being at heavyweight, it makes a lot more sense, right? Gonzaga could kick, too. Just ask Krokop. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's fast forward, though, to round three to get back to Simon and uh, Martinez. Round three is another uh, round in which we're going to talk about the scoring. But this is an 8-9 round. Yeah. But there's another aspect of this we'll talk about, too. So why don't you set it up? Yeah, Simon's winning. It's clear here. Uh, Martinez is returning fire, but Simon, obviously, much more effective. He... Uh, Pokes Martinez in the eye. Gets another foul. No point taken. He gets uh, the takedown. Lands some big ground and pound towards the end. Probably like the last 30 seconds. Elbows, punches. I just don't think we get two Ds here. I think we have damage. Not a huge amount of damage. Uh, I just don't think we have any other Ds really all that strongly. So I think it's just a 10-9. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I think this... It's not even a very big 10-8, I don't think, like, at all. Like, would it even be a big 10-8 in, in our kind of, like, middle ground system, right? Honestly, I thought round two for a while. 
I was like, are we sure that's not the round? Yeah. That, that was there a mix up? Mm. But sure enough. So yeah, I, I'm I was a little surprised to see this one end up with not just one eight, but two eights. Not that I'm hating the idea of more eights, obviously. Oh no, as, yeah, no, as, we love them. We 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 want more, but this felt like a misapplication of what you would typically try to get more of with the eights. I, I think this is more like a nine. It doesn't really matter. I think everybody who's scoring this knows where they, where their fight card is at. Um, although I guess, well, you know, here's the thing. Here's something to think about, sir. And I'm not saying that this is why they did it. But let's just play devil's advocate here a little bit. They know that they had to take a point, right? Mm-hmm. Judges, Judge Chris Lee and Judge Adelaide Bird obviously gave an eight here. Now, Judge Bird's card isn't going to matter mm-hmm. because she gave every round to Simon. Mm-hmm. Chris Lee, if he only gives a nine, then this is a this is a draw on his card, right? So we have a majority draw. Same, same as as Saldamana. Now, granted, he's not. She isn't. He is not alone because Judge Bird also gave the eight, and it would have been irrelevant for her to give it. She just gave it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to play any conspiracy theory card. I don't think that's what Chris Lee did to try and just say, okay, we actually have a winner instead of not. I don't think that's what actually happened here. But it at least has that kind of appearance. You can't ignore that the way it looks to people. Mm, I suppose. I just I, I I disagree. I don't actually think that's what transpired. No, that didn't happen. I really don't. No. But when that happens, when we have a round that seems like a very weird 10-8, in say this that? type of situation, I'm not saying anybody would say it. But, but did or, someone say it? No, I don't think no. so. But it's oh, okay. just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Oh, okay. Because it's one of those things that I think probably people just kind of look past this fight. There were so many other fights going on, right? Yeah, they had a lot of big, big When we have big judging controversies, they usually happen higher up on the card. Or at least they last longer when they're higher up on the card. People kind of tend to move on if it's on the undercard of a yeah, pay-per-view. Yeah, because there's something to take their mind off. Exactly. Yeah. People get bored. That's yeah. why they complain. <laughs> but I'm saying, if, if there was anything that would kind of give a weird appearance, and again, I want to stress, I do not actually believe that is what transpired here because I just don't think so. I mean, it makes a lot of sense next to Judge Bird's card, too. But it is a weird thing, right? It's a weird time to give an eight. Yeah, I mean, maybe, Kate side, maybe those elbows and punches were heavier. Maybe it maybe, is. Maybe the deep got there. I would say that's so. the more realistic turn. I'm really just paying devil's advocate mm-hmm. here, um, to be clear. But I also wanted to talk more particularly about the eye poke because you kind of glazed over the eye poke. This was it took a while to get the fight going again. First well, off, Herb Dean explained what you got to do. You got to put some water on it. It'll clear up. Right. <laughs> but that's damage. I, I, <laughs> he yeah. suffered some damage yeah. here, and from that point on, what happened? He got taken down and probably led to the eight. Yeah, possibly. Take another point. I say take another point. Yeah, I mean, I'm torn. I mean, I guess take another point, but... I'm very okay with, with this being converted over from a what what ended up being a majority decision win. If we lose one more point here, it's a split draw. I'm really okay with that. I'd be fine with it, too. I, with I, with I, all I, the I fouls understand. in this fight, like, why not? You know? Yeah, so Especially Mana Martinez. I feel like he actually won that first round. Like he was warning. And you can right? make the argument again, but... Herb was warning. Simon... You know, he kept saying fingers, or am I misremembering? It's pretty extended fingers. Was he? I don't recall. I don't recall either. If that's the case, then yeah, maybe take the point, but I don't know. I'm torn. I, I, in one one sense, I say he fouled, take the point. The other sense is Simon's having a pretty good performance here. Well, you're going to take the win from him? Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I'm okay with it, because honestly, if, if we're going with the fact that we don't see a nine, right, what's our scorecard going to end up being, right? So you and I had this the same. So we had Mono Martinez winning the first round. There's a point deduction there. So he wins at 10-8. And then we have the other two points that are lost. Or not the other points that are lost, but the, the other two rounds he loses. So that makes it a draw. I'm okay with him actually getting a win out of this because he got fouled so many times. I think it's okay. Yeah. And if, you, if, if that's not okay, maybe we just start turning things into no contests and they don't actually go anywhere. Like that's just what it would be. The rules don't support that. But if we're not comfortable with the idea of somebody who commits so many fouls taking a loss or taking a setback to their career like that, even a draw, then just make it a no contest. I'd be more okay with a no contest than, than Martinez getting a win here. I guess I, you know, I, that's why I'm suggesting it really yeah. is the idea that, hey, maybe it's just, maybe this is a BS fight. But also you then know? you got, got Diego Sanchez gets a win off an illegal knee. Yeah. Via DQ. I don't know. I don't know. I would really just like to see more foul enforcement. That's all I want. That's a good point. More foul enforcement. Uh, more foul enforcement. Deter. It, it would deter. And obviously, this is a kid. It's not going to be his end of the road. I think he's only 22, Simon. Mm-hmm. He takes a loss here even, 
What's it do? Well, Zoe was gone. Sure. So, but he's not gonna. I'm gonna stay for the record. I do not <laughs> think Cameron Simon is going to run the table in his MMA career. I don't think he's going to retire alongside Khabib Nurmagomedov as an undefeated MMA champion. I think he's gonna get that oh oh gone at one point. And if it lost here, you know, at least it's at the low level and as well because of fouls rather than him actually losing the fight and not being a good fighter. You know, mm-hmm. I think we can look past that a little bit more almost. Yeah. Right? Well, no one's gonna remember this one anyway. It's true. So everyone has short memories because everyone like gets so up in arms, like, "Oh, this guy didn't win this fight. No way he won this fight." But then, like three months later, they fight again. It's like, "Well, he's coming off a loss." Everyone <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just moves on. <laughs> they just accept it anyway. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? Be bad still, or, or mm. just don't get mad at all. I don't know. Anyway, there's one more fight we got to talk about. Uh, less controversy, I think, in this one, right? Yeah. Um, not that there was real controversy in that fight. Again, I want to stress one more time: Devil's Advocate. I do not think Chris Lee did anything improper. I think it's perfectly fine. I disagree with the eight. Okay. But it's, it is what it is. Amanda Hibas got the win over Viviane Rarujo. 30-26, 30-27, We've got splits in round one and two, although one of them is an eight, nine. Let's start with round one. Now, I thought this was a crazy close round. Uh, Arujo gets a guillotine early. And I thought it was a pretty good attempt. It looks like she was attacked with an S-grip, which I thought was interesting. Uh, he busts the he- pops her head out, though, and she's on top. Lands some strikes here uh, because Arujo's coming up to her knee, has her arm kind of behind Heba, so she's punching her a couple times in the face there. Um, also, before that, when they were on the ground, after she escaped from the, you know, Arujo was punching her in the face a whole bunch of times. Probably not that much on there. Uh, on the feet again. Hibas is landing a decent amount of strikes, but I think Arujos are the ones that have the real impact on him. Hibas looked stumbled, especially after one closer towards the end of the round. Really close round, but I got 10-9 Arujo. Yeah, me too. I I think you have to give a lot of weight to that guillotine choke attack. I think it was Mm -hmm. something she really had to defend there, and if she doesn't, maybe the fight's over. Mm -hmm. She defends it well, Mm -hmm. absolutely, but it's there. Um, It seems like the most significant and effective offense of the round. And otherwise, I thought it was relatively competitive. So I, 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 I feel good about Arujo here. All right. Does that sound fair? Fair. Uh, you can you can make the case for Hibas. I get it. She's landing. Yeah. I don't, maybe I don't. I don't think the guillotine was as good as you have it, but yeah. So that's fine. Still a good attack. So no, I think it's I think it's worth scoring. Like when you, you know. Yeah. No. You a guillotine. Like I mean, what, does it need to be on for like ten seconds? Like I, I mean, what what's what's kind of the bar here? It looked like a good attack. You know, it looked like mm-hmm. she had. It as best as she could for what it was, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was one that would would have been capable of finishing, but wasn't defended well enough. Sometimes you get those guillotine chokes, and it's like they don't really have anything there. Like it doesn't feel dangerous. Yeah, they're like, know? yeah, John doesn't have this <laughs> guillotine in. Oh, <laughs> tap tap tap. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this happens. Does this not happen more often with Joe Rogan now? Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I feel like really. it does. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of always happened from time to time with with a lot of people, and it, it can be hard to tell because you're not right there, right? Mm-hmm. But man, just learn to catch the language a bit more. You know, it sound <laughs> weird at the end. <laughs> well, I they, don't know. They did it again. The end end of this fight, round three, when Arauja goes for that armbar. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, you remember Frank Mir and Tim Sylvia?" Yeah, I was. When I that was what I, I I tweeted that out too because I I was like, "Man, I really like," and I do mean this sincerely. I actually like that Joe Rogan makes a lot of his references to fights that mm. from when I was watching, right? Yeah. When you and I were really watching the, the, the attitude era yeah. you know, that you're, you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of his references are from that time. He just doesn't call back a lot of fights of the last like eight years. But honestly, they're more memorable in my memory too. I guess. Then every, all these fights now just blend together. But at There's the, a, at the same the time, machine, keep it churning. But what does that reference hold? Like, uh, how much of the fan base now is guys like us who remember yeah. that? I feel like it's turned over a lot. I suppose. Because, you know, they get new fans. But I know a lot of people who used to watch and were big fans and like, yeah, I don't really watch anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, in my real world life, I know people like that. And I'm like, why? They're like, I can't keep up with the number of events. I'm like, that's fair. Yeah, it's just a machine now. It is a machine. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> that was just what my thought. It was like, who's who's he making the reference for? No one gets that. For me. We get that, obviously. But, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people don't. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know where we're going. This one. We were talking about round one. Are we done with round one? I said 10-9 Arujo. You said 10-9 Arujo. What does that mean for uh, for the judge? In this case, Mike Bell, who was on his own. Couchside over. <laughs> 
Sorry for uh, Judges D'Amato and McCarthy. They do not get a couch side over. <laughs> Nor would they, because they were uh, in unison. Yeah. Uh, round two, though. Maybe there's an opportunity here. Let's let's talk about round two. Yeah, uh, Araujo uh, gets dropped with a right hand as she's like kind of just running towards her, almost Bader, Machida style. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I had to throw an old reference. There you go. Yeah. No, I like it. That's great. <laughs> I mean, you're throwing out Joe's uh, son, <laughs> yeah, and I've got Chris uh, Tukeshire. <laughs> he uh, bus gets on top uh, in half guard and starts landing some decent shots. You know, for most of the round, then she she mounts her for a little bit, uh, and then she switches over to the back, landing a couple punches, maybe threatening the choke, not really attacking it too much. Uh, I thought she had some pretty good damage, pretty good dominance and, and duration. I think we have enough D's here. I'm ten eight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt good about that one. It kind of took till the end for me to really kind of get over that hump, though. Okay. I, I didn't... It, it was like, obviously, the, the big start, right? Mm-hmm. But it took me, like, the consideration at the end of the fact that, like, man, this... What did what did Araujo even do? That was that was coupled with Araujo doing absolutely zilch. I think that's a big helps, thing. And I think so. Hibas was able to advance her position and, and get mm-hmm. further along in the grappling. And I think that had a lot to do with it. It was mm-hmm. it was the fact that she had the damage there early. She had the grappling dominance. In fact, that she was able to advance and she had this for the duration of the round. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. my three Ds too. Bam. 10-8. Hibas looked really good in this fight. Obviously gets the, the win by decision. And I mean, I wasn't sure what to make of her at... 125 pounds. Obviously, she had she had a really good showing in in a defeat. Some people gave her the win, but I, I still think probably Caitlin Chukagian did beat her. Okay. In that fight, I felt I feel like that's fine. That's like a decent mm-hmm. result, you know, like a, like a totally that I felt better about that one. Yeah. But she was competitive, and and I still didn't really know what to make of her. I'm like, what is this? But she goes in there. She looks really good at 125. Good for her. Another fighter who said, I don't need to cut weight anymore. Yeah. Or not the same anyway. Hopefully. Yeah, forget weight cutting. Yeah, but uh, so, yeah, so we were on the same eight page as uh, judges Bell and D'Amato. It was Ron McCarthy on his own here, just the nine. All right. Well, that's all right. And that's it for the rounds. Had a lot of finishes, though. Whole bunch. 14 fights, eight finishes, three by uh, KO or TKO, five by submission. That makes five straight weeks, Dan, mm-hmm. where there's been more submissions than strike-based finishes in a UFC event. This is a wild run that they're on. Keep it up. I feel like it's a blip. Just keep it up. I, do, I just I don't think it's actually going to keep up. I think it's going to lose steam. We're going to see way way more finishes uh, by strikes by the end of the year. But it's it is fascinating that this just keeps happening. It's not just like over time there's more. Some it's more. every single event there's been more for five weeks. All right. Wild, wild. I like it. Two fights ended in the first round, including John Jones. Uh, what was your favorite? John Jones. Oh, there you go. Reminded everybody just who he is. The who goat. is he? The GOAT? The GOAT. Is he anything else? The number one heavyweight in the world. Mm-hmm. The GOAT, again. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. No, I think that's somebody else. Of the Attitude Era of MMA. That's someone else, And the else current too. present. Bam. The Wh- GOAT. What do you want Bret Hart to do to you? Sharpshooter. <laughs> Fair enough. We know what you want. Uh- <laughs> what was your favorite? <laughs> uh, my, my favorite was Shavkat, actually. Uh softens Neil up for 14 minutes obviously he's taking a little bit of damage there but he's he's putting in the work mm-hmm. uh clearly winning this fight doesn't give up on the finish he's still even though he he told me last year he's like he doesn't care about if he has to get the decision it's fine it is what it is i just want the win he still keeps the streak alive he is finishing everybody who is put in front of him and that's the way you move to the top you finish mm-hmm. everybody so he managed to get that in the fifteenth and final minute of the fight, standing rear naked choke. Uh, it was. It was. People were kind of didn't know what to call it. Actually, yeah, I, I guess it was a little different. It right? seemed. I would. I would like Kenny Florian called it a schoolyard choke or a bull, a bulldog variant. Yeah, it kind of looked like that. I think it should be called the bouncer choke. The bouncer, <laughs> because that's what they put you in when you're in a fight and they sneak up behind you and they drag you out the back door mm-hmm. by your neck. I like to call it the bouncer joke. So is uh, Shavkat going to be working at the Spearmint Rhino or something now? Or I bet he'll have offers. <laughs> I don't imagine that will jive with his religion. Oh, but but yeah, obviously that was a that was a fantastic finish. Uh, it's I'm, I'm very likely to give Shavkat one of these awards because yeah, he he Rogan hit it on the head, man. He's right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. I, I and enjoyed. he got a he got a cool new cool new hat to add to. That's his right, Rogan did add that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a terrific fighter, terrific 
Terrific night of fights. I think it was a good night of fights. It was yeah, good. It was good. Um, that's it, though, for this past weekend. Let's move on to the upcoming weekend where we've got Bellator Friday and UFC Saturday. And I think both of these have some pretty good cards. It's it's kind of it's nice that they're not going to be competing in any way. I like that. Yeah, and I especially like that the UFC starts at the main cards at six on Saturday. A little earlier. I like that. Yeah. You don't have any plans? It's not going to interrupt your plans. Not this weekend, no. Okay. That's good. That's As good. of now. The only problem for me is that I don't know exactly when that starts prelim wise. I think three p.m. Three p.m. Yep. Okay. Maybe maybe I'll be all right. But then my son has a birthday party that weekend. It's his birthday. Been oh. delayed for months. Oh. No, no, no. It's been delayed for months because he got sick at one point. Ah. Uh. Yeah. These things happen. Um. Yeah. So, but but I think I'll be done by then. I think it's and we're only we're only going to the mall. We're going to Build a Bear. That's pretty. Build a Bear cool. workshop. He'll yeah. build a bear and they'll have some pizza and then we'll go home. Nice. Nice and easy. I don't have to do anything. It's a good good birthday. I have no idea how I'm going to get the presents home though. Like, how am I going to carry these things through the mall? Like, do they do they store them for me? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. Not your problem. Let's talk about Bellator instead. Bellator 292. Yeah. Friday night in California, so we'll get some top notch judging there for sure. Well, Chris... 10 p.m. Eastern time, start time. We said right for main card on Showtime. Yeah, 7. PM it's back to Showtime, Greens. guys. It's not. It's not on uh, CBS. Obviously, we had another card in between there anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, this is the start of the 155-pound lightweight Grand Prix. Yes. I like it. With the title fight. Headlined, headlined by Usman Nurmagomedov and Benson Smooth Henderson. Another title shot for Benson Henderson. He's got this. I wonder if this could be his last chance because it doesn't sound like he wants to fight a whole lot longer. I would suppose. I mean, how much? How many more is he gonna get? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pro- it probably is the last chance for him. So I, I think it's fascinating. You have to wonder what he's going to be able to put up against Usman Nurmagomedov, a young up and coming champion. Benson's been a very you know he's been a terrific fighter for a long time, but it's it's been tougher his last few times. We'll see. I mean, it's it, it just it's just so Ben Henderson to go out there and, and win. It would it would be, wouldn't it? It would that would just be Ben Henderson. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. So should be interesting. And imagine if he wins this, and then he goes on to win the tournament, and then he's just like, I'm outie. See ya. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Praise God. See you later. But <laughs> I don't think it'd be quite with that little enthusiasm. That's true. <laughs> But it would be a toothpick. There'd definitely be a toothpick involved. That, yeah. <laughs> um, the other, the other one though, uh, there's another Grand Prix bout on here, and again, this is five rounds, but it's not a title fight. Obviously, mm-hmm. Tofik Musayev against Alexander Shabley. You like this one? Sure. I, mean, I like this tournament. I like Musayev. I, I don't know how you feel about Musayev, but I've, I I'm very interested love in him. The Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Anytime when when fights matter. Are you not as familiar with these fighters? I though? am not. Okay, okay. I I I think you'll like Musayev's game. All right. Yeah. Um, but I like this fight. There's honestly, there's a bunch of fights even on the um, the prelims that I like. But the the one that stood out, you highlighted this one, but I agree. The one that stood out for me on the main card, especially outside of the Grand Prix, was Michael Venom Page and uh, Goichi Yamauchi. Yeah, that that one should. Uh, I like Yamauchi. I think he's kind good. of been very under the radar for a long time. He's he used to fight at 55. If I maybe I'm thinking of the wrong guy, but he might have even fought as low as 45 at one point. Um, but he's at 170 here. He's been at 170 for a little bit, and he's he's finishing guys at 170. He's he's a good fighter. Maybe I like watching Neiman Gracie. Yeah, I I like watching him. He's finishing. he's a good fighter. I could totally see him beating meeting Michael Page and getting a getting a shot at uh at, at maybe the title. Oh uh, yeah, I'm Yaroslav Amosov. I'm thinking this will be a better fight than the last Page fight. Probably the bar is low. <laughs> that was obviously the genesis of the Storley knees. Yes, which were landed by Logan Storley. Mm-hmm. But do you, I mean, did you look at the prelims too? I I, I know you didn't highlight anything, but I like, looked through. I think I, it I looks solid. I think I just... it's a solid. I don't even hate the heavyweight fight. It's uh, it's it's Linton Vassal and uh, Valentin Moldovsky, right? I don't even know what. I, I, I didn't look at any. I believe so. I don't hate that fight either. This is, this looks is solid card. I think it's a good one. Bellator has done a real good job. I think I'm putting on more interesting cards, top to bottom. In let's say like the last year at the very least, maybe maybe less than a year. They actually it, lost a fight quite a while since the last time I looked at it. Yeah, which mm-hmm. one? I don't know. No, uh, Islam Mamedov and Shamil Nikayev. I think that because last time out they had fourteen fights. Now they only got thirteen. Oh, that's terrible. Why bother yeah. watching? I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much in favor of like ten to twelve fights. <laughs> Barzola and Perez are probably pretty good. I like that one too. Yeah. Eric Perez, yeah. 
but over to UFC, and this one is in Vegas, but for once, we have a fight night in Vegas that is not at the apex. They're not at the apex till like the end of April. Is it that long? I actually yeah. haven't looked that far ahead. Yeah. That's wild. Good for us. <laughs> we, <laughs> we all went here. But, so. the, but the fact that this is in Nevada, sir, it doesn't necessarily mean that officials who work in the California card and Bellator the night before couldn't work this one. They said you can travel as far as Nevada from California. That was remember the edict they put out yeah. about travel and that kind of thing. That's not necessarily a disqualifier here. We could potentially see some officials who work both. And we've been seeing Ben Cartledge and David Leatherby a lot in Nevada. We have, so absolutely. Deservedly so. They maybe just want to buy a house in Nevada, just live here. They might. They might want to do that because they're getting that but much how work. Are they, but how are they going to get their sandwiches with beans on them? I, I saw a video about this. What's this? I saw um, kids from from England trying biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy, okay. And at the end of it, they really liked it, but they hated the way it looked, and they compared it to beans and toast. Uh-huh. They said it's probably like how an American would look at beans and toast, like how we know it's good. They'll probably look at it and say, hey, and then they try it, and it probably tastes pretty good. See, I don't love beans to so, begin with, so uh, like when I see that, I'm like, no, thank you. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll, look, I'll, I'll eat things with, that are beans. I, I black beans, I would prefer, okay. especially. I, I, I prefer black beans. Right. They're a little better for you, if I remember, too. But I also don't mind them so much. So, like, okay. when I can choose which bean, I would, <laughs> I would choose black beans. All mm-hmm. right. But yeah, I probably when I do get over to, uh, across the pond, which will happen at some point, I look forward to that day. I definitely want to check out where uh, where my family roots are from. Scotland, especially maybe over to Birmingham one day where uh, where some of my mom's family mm-hmm. had come from about 150 years ago. Um, I probably will not be having beans on toast. That's just okay. not I don't see that All happening. Right. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have to get better recommendations than just that. So hopefully some will help me out when that day comes. But back to UFC. I really like the headliner here. Love I mean, it. Actually, yeah. I love this one. I think this is a great fight. There's some interest. There's an interesting dynamic here, too, because. Marab Devalishvili, who is fighting Peter Yan here. Mm-hmm. When Peter Yan was was getting ready to fight Aljamain Sterling the second time last year, mm-hmm. Marab was obviously at the gym. They're buddies. They're, they're always training together. I was there one day, and it happened to be the day that they all got together and they took a team photo with the flag of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Marab Devalishvili is from Republic of Georgia. There is no love lost for russians among georgians mm-hmm. piotr Jan, obviously a russian um i think there's a dynamic here that's kind of fascinating and i don't know how much they're going to play that up in the hype or anything like that but i i would be surprised if this wasn't something that was in marab's mind at least a little bit possibly i would think it'd be more in his head than 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 Jan. yeah i think so. so i don't think i don't think peter Jan's really thinking about it like that but mm. i think the marab might be ex- potentially could be extra motivated for this one for several reasons including the fact that it's obviously a, a, a rival a former rival mm-hmm. of his friend right. o- outside of the cage all i know about marab is that he loves taking pictures with fans he is and he loves joining pictures of people taking pictures with aljo and just joining him he so is I, he's a super a affable guy if you ever spent like 10 minutes with him, I bet you you'd have a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet so, He too. seems like, because I've only had a conversation with him on, uh, on we were doing a Zoom interview last year, and it was he was at the OCPI, and he couldn't find the right spot to like get a good signal. So I'm like watching him as he's like trying to find like a good spot, and we're like trying to make small talk that's going, and it was it was really funny. So I got like a decent <laughs> tour, uh, like a pixelated tour mm. of the OCPI. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he's, he's a fun character. But I love this fight. I mean, it's a great fight. I think it's an interesting clash of styles here because Piotr Jan, obviously, I think is a pretty well-rounded guy. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, we've seen that he can be taken down for sure. Yeah. Um, we've also seen him stop the takedown, but that's Marab's game, right? It's not just the takedown, but it's also kind of that neutralization, mm-hmm. you know, up against the cage and really prevent Piotr Jan from finding more of a rhythm with his hands. He starts slow anyway, uh, Jan. But, yeah, I, I, I like this fight. I'm really curious to see what happens for him. And I don't know what even comes of it if Marab wins. Because if Marab Al- wins, Aljo is obviously the champion still. Jan just like, you know, I'm done. Because <laughs> it's going to be a split decision I again. Just raise and his he's hand gonna, no matter what. He's just going to. Uh, For old time's sake. Just rage quit. 
<laughs> and I don't think that, so. that'll be it. I don't. Think. But but if Marab does win, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, especially if Aljo wins his fight, uh, which is supposed to be in Jersey, right? He's going to defend his title against New uh, Jersey against Henry Cejudo in Jersey. That would be a fun thing if that actually transpires, because then uh, you and I will be there. We will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they Aljo should put gets me through. on media row for that one. They probably won't. They should though. I I hear you. They I should. do. I'm just saying they probably won't. You should. You yeah, should I'm gonna uh, try anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Maybe. Maybe they'll let you shadow judge there. That's another thing. They should. They should just do that. Me. Or maybe they just let you judge. Well, that's a that. <laughs> there's a thought. Uh, but me, Eric Cologne, I'll be on his hip all night. Yeah. Okay. We'll just watching fights together. You. You and, da- you and Dave Torelli just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All the Jersey guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we'll go. We'll go get. Uh, we'll get Taylor Ham and, and egg sandwiches afterward. <laughs> Because that is uh, that is the thing, Taylor Ham. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but I do like this fight. I'm very interested for it. I I really like the card top to bottom, man. There's a lot of good fights here. There's good fights. You yeah. had you would put like one or two fights on on our little list of like other fights we're looking forward to, and I added like three more, and I wanted to add more, but I'm like, ah. Which ones did I put? I, I definitely thing. put I put Saeed. Saeed Magomedov and, and Jonathan Martinez. I put that one because that's like very that interesting. One. You added uh, Nikita Krylov and Ryan Spann, okay, which was only a headliner a few weeks ago. That's what I, mainly why I put it on here yeah. because now it is opening the main card it, it as is, opposed to being the main event. It, it, and it's I, only three rounds now. Yeah. As opposed to it was originally five. This is, this is a much better decision so. on the whole. <laughs> I, I added... A heavyweight fight, of all things, by the way. But but I, I, I didn't add that specifically because it was a heavyweight fight. I added it because I actually... <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Rom, uh, Romanov has always fascinated me ever since mm-hmm. we kind of saw him debut. I think he's a very interesting prospect at 265. I almost made him one of my guys after the Americana finish, mm-hmm. but I didn't. Okay. Um, and then Alexander Volkov as well. The Battle of the Alexanders. It's it's uh, Volkov, his Alexander ends in an ER. Romanov's ends in just an R. So, yeah. you know, like, we'll, we'll find out which spelling is superior. I like that. <laughs> but I do think it's going to be a decent fight. I actually yeah. do. I don't think it's going to be one of those crummy heavyweight fights. Uh, I'll happily uh, admit that if I'm wrong, and I well, I won't be happy about it, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you if I'm wrong. Um, but I, I I think that'll be all right. Rafael Asuncao and Davy Grant. I actually really like this fight. I think Asuncao got counted out too soon in terms of not being able to fight really anymore at, that, okay. at this kind of level. Davy Grant, it's really hard. He's fun to watch. I mean, pretty much anything at 135, 125 is always, you know, good to watch, good, right, yeah. mostly. Uh, and then Tyson Nam against Bruno Silva. Tyson Nam hits hard, yeah, that... especially for 125, so I like that fight, too. And again, I think there's so many other fights it's on here be, that I could shout yeah, out. Great fight. Great fight weekend. This is going to be a fun weekend. Yeah. We will definitely have a split decision to talk about with Peter Yan and Mirab. No, definitely not I happening. think that's what's going to happen. No, it's going to be a finish. <laughs> Finish. I'm being one of those guys that predicts split decision. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's that's probably true. But at the end of it, we're also going to feel like it was a split decision. You know, it's it's a close fight, so it's yeah. split decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even super close, like a like a majority decision, mm-hmm. right? No one ever calls that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back again next Monday to break down this great weekend of fights. We'll see you there can see me anywhere this is an audio only show sir oh yeah oh forgot about that that's all right you'll see me though yeah i'll see you and you'll see the fights if you're listening yes enjoy them and have a great week thanks for listening